Hi, my name is Mark Riggins, and I'm pastor here at LifePoint, located in Plano, Texas, and we meet here every Sunday at 1030, and we are here for your family. I hope today's message is an encouragement to you. I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace, Acts 20, 24. If you're new, this is our memory verse, and so you don't have to know it yet. If you're new, it's gonna be on the screen. But would you all stand and let's say it out loud together. Acts 20, 24, say it out loud with me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace, Acts 20, 24. Let's pray. Father, I know that you are here. We have sung to you. We have enjoyed you inhabiting our praise. God, you have given us a mission. May you reveal more to us today. And may it be for your glory and your glory alone, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, I just want to give you a quick preview. In two weeks, on December the 5th, we have a special day coming up, and we will begin a brand new series that day called God With Us. And that will be our series throughout the book or throughout the month of December. Next Sunday is a special day as PG, our founding pastor and pastor emeritus, will be giving a special Thanksgiving message. So you'll want to be here for that. And today, we end the book of Acts. So congratulations, you hung in there the whole way. Today is our 23rd sermon in the book of Acts, and I know you wanted to know that. So we're going to conclude it. We're going to conclude it today, and I'm so excited because as it ends, it's a really special way that it ends. If you haven't been here at all, that's okay. We're going to completely catch you up. So before we get there to Acts 28, let's have a little bit of fun. I want to ask you, as we kick off our final chapter in this series, what is your favorite all-time TV show? And to kind of get the creative juices flowing, as you remember, some of you already know you're ready, but hang on. I want to give you the top five, according to a recent poll last month, TV shows of all time, okay? So here we go. Number five is... Friends. I love there's an emotional reaction. That's good. All right, number four is The Wire. I love the murmuring on that one. That's good. HBO, in case you're wondering. Number three, The Sopranos. Can you clap for that in church? A lot of death there, folks. All right. Number two is Game of Thrones. Guys, we're in church. I don't know. I don't know where your relationship with God is, how comfortable you feel. That's fine. All right. And what do you think, before we show number one, what do you think the number one is? No, it is Breaking Bad. All right, here's what I want you to do, because some of you are really mad right now, and that's okay. Take 15 seconds and ask the person beside them, what's your favorite TV show of all time? And let's have a conversation. Go ahead. 
All right, those of you who are online, go ahead if you would. It's great to have you here today. Just comment in the comment section what your favorite TV show. I love to go back later in the day and see what you wrote. All right, let's do this. Hey, there's way too much energy in here. Everybody needs to bring it down a little bit. Hang on, hang on. Right here, these two sections. We're gonna save some time. Yeah, we can divide this by two. You two sections at one time, just shout out favorite all-time TV show. Did you say Gone with the Wind? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were going way back. All right, what did you say, Rick? Blacklist? Okay. All right, right here, these two sections, shout out your favorite all-time TV show. One, two, three, go. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Somebody said football. I think that was you, Rick. Oh, Michigan football. I was your friend, Rick, until that moment. But then somebody said happy days. That's awesome. Okay, last two sections right here. On the count of three, shout it out. One, two, three. <laughs> Thank you, Carlos. A MASH fan would wait for a couple of minutes and then shout it out, make sure that's strong. All right, now I don't know if you're like me, but ever watch a season of a show and at the end of the show they leave kind of a cliffhanger and if you're not caught up, it's one of those that the next season will come out like months later and you feel like, oh my gosh, I've gotta wait several months, isn't that the worst? I think the only thing worse than that though is if you're caught up in a season, maybe you're watching on Netflix or Amazon Prime and all of a sudden at the end of that episode, it's this big moment, it's like a whodunit moment and all of a sudden, you see this screen. Is that not the worst? It's like, come on. Because you want to see it finished. You want to see it wrapped up, right? I'm just going to warn you now, this is how Acts is going to feel. We're going to come to the end of it, and we're going to feel like it's a great big to be continued. And we're going to talk about why that's really important. So if you got your Bibles, let's look at Acts chapter 28, and let's look together at this final, final story. Now, if you haven't been here at all throughout the entire series, or you've missed some of the series, that's totally great. We're going to catch you up real quick. You could really divide the book of Acts into two halves. In fact, if it were a TV show, we really would look at the book of Acts, and we would have season one would be Acts chapter 1 through Acts chapter 12. We might even think of that as 12 episodes. And then there's this big pivotal point that happens in the book of Acts where it's really the story of the church, the first 30 years after Jesus rose from the dead, and we have season 2, the story of the church, and that's Acts 13 through Acts 28. Here's the big difference between those two halves. In the first half, we would call it season 1 to stick with our theme, it would be mainly about the Apostle Peter and the church growing in Jerusalem. All these miracles taking place, it's amazing. It's all new. And then in Acts 13, in season three, or season two, Acts 13 through 28, all of a sudden we have, instead of the Apostle Peter being the focus, we have Paul being the focus. And instead of staying in Jerusalem, now he's going to the ends of the earth. And that's where we see the story of Paul taking his three missionary journeys around the Mediterranean Sea. 
Well, as we pick up toward the end of the book of Acts, remember that Paul is consistently being opposed. Remember that? And everybody's kind of against him, and yet he continues to share about Jesus. He'd go to the next town. They'd be against him. He'd share about Jesus. All these miracles are taking place. And finally, he goes all the way back to Jerusalem. And I want us to see this map because it'll really set up where we're going today in Acts chapter 28. Paul, throughout his missionary journeys, one and then two and three, decides he wants to go all the way back to Jerusalem. And everybody's saying, don't do it, don't do it. And then Acts 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, he's having trial after trial after trial. Remember that? And everybody's opposing him. And he realizes he's not going to get a fair shake. So he appeals to the Supreme Court, which back then would have been Caesar. And on the government's dime, they send him to Rome. And that's Acts 27 and 28. And here's the journey as he begins to go all the way back and he has all these crazy things happening until he finally gets to the island of Malta and they shipwreck. Well, of course, it's Paul and all that he's been through. This is a several month journey and he ends up being shipwrecked for three months in the island of Malta. And just in case you're wondering, he also gets bitten by a viper while he's there just to add a little extra, right? I mean, it's just a crazy journey. He finally ends up to Italy and finally ends up in Rome where he's under house arrest and he's chained. He can't go anywhere, but people can come to him. And I don't know about you, but in this final conversation we're going to see Paul have with the locals, the local Jewish people there in Italy, there in Rome, I would think he would be focused on all the things that have gone wrong in his life and all the people who have done him wrong and how there's so much injustice in this world and how they should be grateful for all that he has done. But instead, remember Acts 20, 24? Paul has a laser-like focus. And we're going to see it in his final conversation as we wrap up the book of Acts. Look with me at Acts chapter 28, verse 17. It says, Three days later, Paul called together the local Jewish leaders. So they gather around. These are just the leaders, a handful of them. And when they had assembled, Paul speaks and said to them, and he kind of relives the last few chapters of the book of Acts. He says, my brothers, although I have done nothing against our people or against the customs of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and I was handed over to the Romans. They examined me and they wanted to release me because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. But the Jews, remember he's a Jew, the people he's talking to are Jews. The Jews objected, I guess so, they were literally plotting to kill him. They objected, so I was compelled to make an appeal to Caesar. I'm going to the Supreme Court with this. I certainly didn't intend to bring any charge against my own people. For this reason, I have asked to see you and to talk with you. It is because of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. He's under house arrest in chain. They replied, well, we have not received any letters from Judea concerning you, and none of our people who have come from there have reported or said anything bad about you. But we want to hear what your views are, for we know that the people everywhere are talking against this, I love this next word, sect. Paul, we know that you're really just starting a new religion. 
with new laws and new rules and new obligations. And Paul's like, no, 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 I'm not starting a new religion. I want to tell you about Jesus. I want to tell you about how to have a relationship with him. It's bigger than a religion. It's better than a religion. It's a relationship with God himself through Jesus. And so when they said that term again, look how Paul or look, look what happens. They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day, and they came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. Here's the moment. Here's the moment where the large group of people come together, and they come to hear Paul's defense once and for all. And this is his moment to step up and say, I am innocent. I didn't deserve the shipwreck. I didn't deserve to be beaten. I didn't deserve to be imprisoned. I didn't deserve to be stoned by rocks. I didn't deserve to be rejected. I didn't deserve to be kicked out of town after town after town. But instead, in his moment, Paul, look what he says in the last part of verse 23 and 24. He witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God and from the law of Moses and from the prophets, he tried to persuade them about, say this next word with me, Jesus. Oh, that's all he cares about. He just wants you to know about Jesus. Jesus has changed his life on the road to Damascus, and he knows Jesus will change your life too. And so every chance he gets with platform in front of new people, he just wants to persuade them about Jesus. Isn't that great? And then it says, some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. Now, if you're brand new here and you don't have a relationship with this Jesus, maybe you've heard about Jesus, maybe you've seen people who follow Jesus or claim to follow Jesus act in a way that doesn't draw you to Jesus, but you're here today. I just want to say, if Paul were here, he wouldn't try to tell you about the church. He wouldn't try to tell you about the rules. He wouldn't try to tell you about the obligations. He would just say, I have been changed by this man named Jesus, and I'm telling you, he will change you too. And of all the things Paul had done in his education, all the things he had done in his career before uh, the road to Damascus and all the influence that he had had around the world he didn't talk about any of those things you know why because Paul would tell you that when we seek those things they're shadow of the real thing we're after which is Jesus we tend to pursue created things and Paul said I'm pursuing the creator and his name is Jesus and so if you're here and you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus it's one of the reasons we exist is to tell others about this wonderful Jesus and after the service today I would invite you you can come talk to me you can go behind that black curtain right there there'll be people after the service who would love to pray with you and tell you about this Jesus it's the greatest decision you can make and Paul realized the great opportunity of his life was to to know Jesus and to share Jesus and now we come to the end of the book as Paul is kind of wrapping up his conversation we get the summary of it all and I don't know about you but there are questions I have at this at this part of the book I'm wondering so whatever happened to Paul when he went before Caesar aren't you wondering that like, like, whatever happened with the church? Whatever happened to the other disciples? What, whatever happened as the church took its next step? So with all those questions, look how it wraps up. Beginning in verse 30 and 31. And after 23 messages, these are the last two verses in our series. Look at it. Verse 30. For two whole years, while Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to him, he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ, with all boldness and without hindrance. With all boldness and without hindrance. And as we end the book, 
I have no answers to those questions that I was wondering about. I wanted the book of Acts to sort of finish in a nice, clean way with a bow on it so that we could kind of run the credits and it would say, the end. But instead, it says, <laughs> if only it did. It instead says, to be continued. There we go. We just didn't want to say it. But we got to say it. That's where it lands, doesn't it? It's to be continued. Now, here's the question. Why does the book of Acts end that way? Why is it that it doesn't finish the way we want it to finish? Why can't it just wrap? Why couldn't Luke have just closed some of the loops? Instead, it's completely unfinished. Because it's the church, isn't it? This is the birth. The book of Acts shows us when the church began. I believe it's very intentional on the part of Luke and the Holy Spirit to leave the book of Acts unfinished. Because the story of the church, it began. It didn't end there. In fact, the story of the church has been written for the last 2,000 years, generation after generation, century after century, continent after continent. The story of church, the story of the church has continued on. And I believe that you were in God's mind when he started the church and he thought, you know what, in the 21st century, I'm going to create them and they will be part of of the story of my church. You have, been you have been created for the primary purpose of knowing Jesus and sharing Jesus and being part of Jesus building his church. This is our story when we write it. It's about us, it's for us, and it's supposed to work through us. And so the season concludes, but the story continues, and it continues through us. I love for 2,000 years, the story marches on, and now here we are in the 21st century, and now LifePoint Church has a role in the story. Here we show up in 1989 with PG and Cheryl and a handful of you who went over to Carlisle Elementary, and you began, and here's what I believe, in that moment, season one of LifePoint, the story of LifePoint, it began. PG and I had lunch this week, and we were talking about that story, we were talking about the future, and you know what both he and I believe? We are excited because we believe the story of LifePoint season two is about to begin. We believe there's a new and exciting season ahead. Not because of anything any of us can do, but because we know that God is writing a story and he's not done. There are more people that he wants to see come to know his son, Jesus. And it is our task to finish the race and to share the good news of God's grace with more people. So with all that said, as we come to the end of the book of Acts, I think it's appropriate as we do to ask this question. What role will you play in the story of God's church? I believe this is the story for which you have been created, the story of God's church. I believe this is the eternal story, and sometimes we settle for temporary stories. You know, like what house will I buy? You know, what career will I have? How does my retirement look? These are all legitimate and important questions, but they pale in comparison to being part of the eternal story of God's church to redeem the world. So with the end of the book of Acts, it's a perfect opportunity for us to just pause 
and to say, okay, what does season two of LifePoint look like? And to give an update on where we are as a church. So I want us to kind of begin with that as we do a quick little update on where we are as a church. And just know, as PG and I were talking this week, we were reminded, man, when this church began in 1989, and as we stand here in 2021, we echo the words of Paul, and we say our goal, our premier purpose is simply this. We want to reach more people for Jesus, and we want to do that with everything that we have for the rest of our lives. And you may remember that back in May, I, along with the board, stood up here and said that we believe God had green-lighted. In fact, there was unanimous consensus among the leadership and board that we felt compelled to establish a second campus for God's glory, that we believed that God was leading us to expand LifePoint Church into season number two. And over the last six months, without a doubt, this is the most common question that I have received. Mark, what's the latest with the second campus? It's an appropriate question, right? And we've tried to give updates along the way, but at the same time, there has been a lot happening, as you can imagine, behind the scenes. And so I just want to share today what I believe are three miracles in, that have been happening in 2021 when it comes to the next season at LifePoint Church. The first miracle is simply the fact that God has opened an unexpected door. You may remember that we shared back in May that as a church we never listed the property, we never talked to a broker, and we weren't on anyone's list and yet a charter school approached us and said, we not only would like to purchase the property, but we would also like to then do a long-term lease back and allow you to continue your ministry right here in Plano. We believe miracle number one. Miracle number two, I'll tell you about in a second, but as you know, in order to get from the idea of this kind of transaction to the reality, there's a contract that needs to be in place. And the precursor to the contract is an LOI or a letter of intent, which is kind of a term sheet that sets the big picture parameters for the contract. And that brings us to miracle number two. It is the timing of the LOI. And you may remember we were anticipating an LOI for some time. And in we believe God's providence, it never quite crossed the finish line. And the last seven weeks, we have been praying as a church. And in the middle of those seven-week period, we actually stopped and we prayed and fast. We we're fasting as a church. And it's during that time that the LOI shows up, completed, finished, crossing the finish line, and executed. And I believe, if we believe God is in charge and he is leading us, that those two things are not a coincidence. The timing of the LOI, I believe, is miraculous. And here's why we also believe that that turned out to be a blessing in disguise. And that brings us to miracle number three, the sale price. Because of the delay, one of the benefits that we had along the way was to have an updated appraisal of the property. And that actually was in our benefit. And it turns out that because of the delay in the, in the LOI, that we got blessed and we were essentially able to agree upon the full appraisal amount in the sale of the church. It turns out that was a blessing in disguise. Amen. Now, a lot of us are going to be asking, so what about this campus? What does that look like, and what does that mean going forward? What, in, in other words, the Plano campus, how does that look, and what does the timeline look like? 
And again, to be completely transparent, a lot of this is based on what we know now. And based on what we know now, we will begin to share this campus in the fall of 2023. That's when we and the school would begin to have a mutual partnership on this property. Now, there will be, in 2022, most likely some construction that will be going on in preparing the property for them to partner with us, but none of the ministries will be interrupted, and in the fall of 2023, we would begin to share the campus. Now, the other piece of this is, what does it look like going forward in the Plano campus? And that is one of the things that we are so excited about how God has worked this out because we are experiencing with our relationship with them a long-term leaseback in sharing this campus. Here's the bottom line. We're going to get to keep doing church right here for a long time, serving Plano, ministering to this area, and reaching people for Jesus and for God's glory. Now, what it also means is in season two, we will also become one church in two locations. And then that begins the question, well then where will the second location be? And so the second location, one thing we do know is we have a relationship with a commercial realtor who's helping us look, and we are looking to the north because that is where we are, we are witnessing so many young families go at a staggering rate. And so we believe that's where God is going to enable us to reach the most people for Jesus. And I, to be truthful, I am reminded of PG as we talked again this week, what happened in 1989 when many of you came to this very location, and this was as far north as the Metroplex went, right? Like there wasn't anything further north in 1989 and yet you saw what God was doing in the young families that were coming here that there would be a spiritual need and God used your faith to, your step of faith to come here to reach thousands of people for Jesus and now in season two we want to begin with that same approach to simply have a place north of here a location that would be more attractive for these young families so then the question is okay what kind of building are we looking for? What kind of facility are we planning with the next location? The truth is there are really two kinds of approaches that you can have. You can either have a new building with a new build or you can renovate an existing facility. One, obviously, price point is very different from the other. And based on what we know now, we're leaning more toward the renovate of an existing facility, but we're anticipating and open to what God is going to reveal, but here is our commitment at the end of the day, is we want to create and establish a facility where people will be excited to bring their families and friends because we want to reach more people for Jesus. That is the end of the day, our goal. So here's what I know. You have a lot of questions. So do I. to be continued. I know that's unsatisfying. I'm with you. But here's what we can be doing in the meantime. In the meantime, while we wait, while we anticipate what God is doing, what he is clearly leading us forward with, I want to give you three points of prayer that I would just invite you to begin personally. Number one, would you begin to pray for a long-term mutually beneficial relationship between LifePoint and the charter school, we want this to be a great experience for everyone involved, and we believe God's favor is already on that relationship, but we want that to continue for his glory. So would you pray with us toward that end? Number two, would you pray that God would go ahead and show us the second location where we can reach more people for Jesus? That is our desire, and we know he has a plan in place, 
And I can't wait till he shows us. And then number three, and this is where it's very personal. I would ask you to, what role do you want me to play, God, in your church in this next season? You see, this is where we get to go from being a spectator to being a participant in this global story, in this eternal story. And you may be wondering, well, is this story go on forever? The truth is it doesn't. One day, we will look on the story and God will say, it's finished. It's done. And it's in that moment we will worship him for all of eternity. And I look forward to that day, don't you? But we won't be able to share Jesus with more people at that point. That opportunity will have ended. You see, Scripture already tells us that in that final scene, when the story does end, and it will end, that we will stand before Jesus and we will say, oh, worthy is the lamb who was slain. We will worship God and we will say, God, holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty. And we will join people from every nation, every tribe, and every tongue in worshiping our God. And it will be the worship service of worship services to stand before him and sing. In fact, the Bible even tells us in that final scene in Revelation 21, we get to see, then I will see a new heaven. John said he saw a new heaven and a new earth. And for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. It was done. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death. Amen? There will be no more mourning or crying or pain. I look forward to that. For the old order of things has passed away in that moment. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true and he said it is done I am the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end and the story on this earth will come to an end so Mark why are we so passionate about establishing a second church it is because everyone needs to hear the life-changing message of Jesus Christ because heaven and hell are real. And this is our moment in eternity. This, I believe, is an inflection point where we have an opportunity to be part of the grand story of the church and to step into it and not to watch it but to be part of what he wants to when we think of the story of the book of acts that we've looked at for 23 messages it's this beautiful story that began but now this is our moment to enter into that story and i just want to tell you i believe this with all my heart there are a lot of things that you and i can do that are more popular there are a lot of things that you and i can do that are more profitable but there is nothing that you or i can do that is more eternally significant than building the church of jesus christ and letting others know that jesus is the christ the son of the living god amen this is amen this is where this is where we take a step of faith together and a lot of us go i i, I don't know i really feel a little uncomfortable i don't know and yet we take that step of faith anyway because our God is leading ahead of us. And I will tell you, as your pastor, I am convinced, as I can be, 
that God is leading us into this new season. And I am as unsure as I can be about many of the elements of this next season. But I know he's leading us. And I want to tell you, I just want to be real personal with you and tell you, I love that I get to partner with you. I get to partner with you guys. I get to partner with you guys in this next season. But God brought me here to get to be part of your team. That excites me to no end because I believe he's putting together something special to share Jesus with people who right now are sleeping in, they're riding their bike, they're having a hike somewhere, they're enjoying the day. But there'll be a moment where we're going to show up and we're going to knock at their door, we're going to invite them and we're going to get to be the ones to share Jesus with them. And then we're going to be a neighbor. Amen. Won't that be a great day? So with all that said, I want us to end this message, this series, the way we began it. There'll be more updates as we have information, but I just want to go ahead and end this series the way we began it. And that is by us quoting the Apostle Paul, who, wow, what an inspiration he is. So you can remain seated for now, but I want us to say this together. Acts 20, 24, it'll show up on the screen. I want to ask you to say it out loud because I'm about to give you a pop quiz, okay? You've been warned. Acts 20, 24, say it with me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Acts 20, 24. You guys are way excited. I, I messed that up, didn't I? All right. So let me give you a taste of what I'm doing. If you'll take that off, Jay. And let's say it together. All right? Well, you're excited. All right. Let's say it together. Give it a shot. Ready? However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace, Acts 20, 24. You know it, way to go, congratulations. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much that you're here in this place, that you, 2,000 years ago, made the ultimate sacrifice by sending your son Jesus to this earth. God, in giving him on the cross, you displayed your love for us. And then you sent your Holy Spirit. After he was resurrected and ascended into heaven, you sent your Holy Spirit to come and to build your church. And now you've invited us to be part of that. Oh God, would you lead us? You are our director and we will follow you. And may it all be for your glory, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope today's message was an encouragement to you. And if you'd like a little more information about our church, just visit us on our website at lifepointplano.org.